With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Guys of Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Ah, yes. Another good old night at the ballpark last night for the boys. Boy, it's becoming tough for the Twins to keep up in that race for fifth place in the American League East. They're now two games back of the Boston Red Sox. In fact, I think the only team... With the only non-AL Central American League team with a wor- uh, with a worse record than the Twins is the A's, because the Mariners, Astros, mm. Angels, Rangers, yeah. Red Sox, Jays, Yankees, Orioles, and Rays are all five hundred or better. As the Twins are now thirty six and thirty seven. Yep, uh, still maintaining a two game lead over the Guardians, though, because it's the American League Central. So. I yeah, saw Detroit, you fighting the good fight on Twitter last night. Good for you. No, I I was admin, administering sports day at therapy. I no, I was actually because I said at some point, I think it was after they uh, puked away the three three tie. I said I'm here for you. I will, you know, if you need help here, because there's a lot of justified frustration and anger and angst because you know we're in the period now where the twins are what we got right like i mean you can speculate recklessly perhaps about the wild and the wolves and the vikings but this is the time where you'd like to watch or sit down and listen to a ball game and so i don't think i was fighting the good fight as much as i was just trying to basically uh counsel people and there are so the most severe cases and for sports day this probably is going a little bit past my jurisdiction but I'll do it because I'm a good Wait, guy. Wait, is there like uh, like client? What's what's it called? Like uh, client? Well, I can't. I can't talk about. I can't here? give you names. I can't give you names because you are a certified Minnesota sports therapist. I yes, just don't I want am. you getting in trouble nope, here by nope, airing nope, out your clients. Okay. Nope. Nope. But I'm going to give you an example. In fact, this could be taught when when I eventually get a job teaching classes on how to because you know at some point in time I'm going to want to retire. From this job, yeah. I am going to give classes on on how to cope with this, how to handle it. And I'm going to tell you, there is a large faction of Twins fans who are afflicted, and afflicted is the right word here, with Minnesota Twins Stockholm Syndrome. Oh. Because they have been they have been subjected, and it's not their fault, but they have been subjected to things like Fox Sports North. Valley Sports North. And so they don't know how to think or do because they're basically told, hey, you just saw that. You didn't see it. Like last night, 
Morneau. Morneau is in the throes. I could actually counsel Justin. Morneau is in the throes of Minnesota Twins Stockholm syndrome at its very, very worst. No, I didn't. His... What was he saying? I did not. I had the volume off. It was okay. kind of on the background. Okay, so I'm going to give him credit. There were two separate plays, and you probably saw both of these, Phil. Uh, but the Duran, the third or the third double by Duran was a play on which um, I believe it was Kirloff in right field took sort of a leisurely path to the ball because he assumed it was a single because most guys stop. He didn't stop. Justin says that can't happen. Well, I think he got zapped after that. Oh, because no. there was no critical. There was no follow up of from Dick of well, let's talk about that. Instead, it was just why, on. Why then, can't what? What is? But wait, it gets worse. There's one more. The next <laughs> inning, Julian, um, on what I think was a double play, doesn't run through the base. Justin says, "You've got to run through that base there because he's safe if he does." Oh, I think no. you got a double zapper. Let's get well. Let's get Ploof back. Ploof Perk. Someone's got Smalley. We're Anybody? Gonna a, we're gonna need someone lots. to come in here. And finish. How about Lodge? Let's just you know what. Justin, you're out. Lodge boy, is in. Lodge is in. The boys are just throwing the baseball around the yard. Just got to play better baseball. Got to throw that baseball over the plate. Field, catch, throw, hit the baseball. It's a tough game. Um, baseball's a very tough game because it's played with a round ball. But anyway, um, yeah, so so Justin was like ostracized by the play-by-play guy who would not hear, who would not hear of engaging him in, let's talk more about those two fundamental mistakes of not having enough effort. Why can't we all, like the collective we, just look at this, the last three years of this, and this season so far, and last night, and just call it what it is? It's been disappointment after disappointment. It's been failure after failure. It's been mistake after mistake in terms of transactions by the front office. In fact, with Royce on Royce Unchained, and if you want to hear Royce truly unchained and mildly or moderately unhinged, Definitely recommend checking that out from this morning, too. Um, we talked about, like, recent drafts even. I had someone who, someone from a different organization who was like, hey, Inciting. go go take a look at some of the the drafts that you're, you know, that your team over there. Wow. <laughs> uh, like, first and second rounders. Like, it's just, it is, it's bad, man. Like, it is, are they a train wreck dumpster fire organization like the Royals have mostly been outside of, you know, the time they won the World Series and were one of the best teams in baseball. Right. Uh, no, but it's just, it's almost like there's a, there's a fear to just call it what it is, which is, it's an embarrassing two-decade stretch of postseason futility compounded by a bunch of mistakes by this organization, this front office, the last three years that have brought the Twins to where we are right now, which is an underachieving sort of going nowhere stuck in the mud car. Like it's, that, is it that hard to just say that? It, like yeah, why do it if, is. if a player yes. makes a mistake on the field, we can't just say it. I'm not trying to pick a fight with like Justin Morno here or whatever, but I don't know. It's, it's like, there's a reluctance. People are so quick to just rifle off jokes about the Timberwolves, right? People are, I think there's a fierce loyalty to the Vikings, but people like if the Vikings, Oh, People will turn on Vikings player. Like, people turned on Thielen and Kendricks and for sure turned on Mike Zimmer. Get his ass out of here, right? Get Rick Spielman's ass out of here. But it just doesn't feel like there's that level of vitriol toward the Twins. I just find it interesting, I guess. 
my Twitter timeline had a ton of uh, flat out vitriol last night, but but here's here's the problem, and here's what we're trying to work through to help you, and and this is where being a sports therapist and in my case sports dad has some perils. Is the, the issue is this? So there are people on Twitter actively pissed off, and they rightfully should be, and they're pointing out all of the things that have gone wrong, and they are. So here's my comeback though. Who supports them from like the media in this town, from any like, like confirmation who, instead of mocking them and being like, you're wrong, or it's a long season or my favorite new, new song, small sample size, which should be a Taylor Swift song, small sample size, you know, <laughs> honest to God, like who does it like, like they get mocked, they get basically shamed. And when Dick won't let Justin Morneau, who's got a point to make, like he wanted to be asked about, okay, let's talk about that play. It's immediately glossed over. And, and clearly, I mean, you can almost hear the ruler hitting Justin's hand. Bad, Justin, bad, Justin. Yeah. So who, so, so Phil, I think those people are there. I think that they're rightfully so pissed off and frustrated, but who supports them? It feels like like they get laughed at. I want to hear. I want to hear a guy, a credible guy, who is at the core of a lot of regular season winning baseball, Justin Morneau. Yes. I want to hear his thoughts. Yes. And if he thinks, if you were to get him completely unfiltered and ask him, what do you think about this season and the last, you've been around this team now for about three years, four years or whatever. What do you think about what's going on on the field? About some of the plays that you see, about some of the decisions that are made. I bet you we're only getting about 15 to 20% of his actual thoughts. Now he can break down the nuances of things that are happening. And I get that. But in terms of like his opinion about what's happening and I get it, it's not like, I don't, I don't want to, cause you have a pie chart of blame here. So I don't want to make this all about like sort of like state run, uh, you know, team partner media, but it just does kind of feel like the twins bumble their way around and it's never really anyone's fault. No one ever really gets held accountable. There's never really any, like, reason for why things go bad. It's just like the winds of baseball and the baseball gods. It's right. just not going your way in this mm-hmm. game or in this season. It's, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just like, it's, I'll use the word fascinating again. I find, I find the, the tenor and the tone around this baseball team compared to other teams in this market, even like gopher teams, people will freaking turn on, like, Richard Patino or... Mitch Leidner, Jerry Kill, or whatever, like yeah, Mitch, like the court. It's it's just it's really it's really interesting sometimes how the Twins are treated in a totally different way, despite having a twenty year postseason futility mark. So, you want to get into your pie chart of blame here? I didn't realize it was just a small sample size. That is my Twins heartbreak song. <laughs> That's my Taylor Swift. The I'm crafting version. it right now. I'm crafting it right now. Judd's version. Yeah, Judd's version, Judd's version called bottom of the ninth, bases loaded. We're absolutely screwed. Okay, let's get into the pie chart. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. All right, Judd has a. Is this a pie chart of blame for just last night for the no, season? No, it's a what, pie chart what of blame for the season. What's going wrong? No, no, it's it's not just for one game. Wait, real quick, what do you have to say? Because I have, I do have some optimistic twins friends that maybe are suffering from twin Stockholm syndrome. I don't know, but I, I do get the response of, Hey, everyone needs to calm down. They're in first place. 
What more do you want? They're a first-place ball club. What is your response to that sports therapist? They're below 500. Don't be fooled. Oh, like, but they're like likely to win the division. Yeah, but you're allowing hang get, another yes. banner. But is but they're in first place in a terrible division. And if you watch this team, and I got a couple of these last night, long season. Let's see what happens. And I'm like, okay, whatever you want to say. Um, and there does become a point where I can't. If you don't want help, I can't help you. But if you believe that this team and you watch them on, you know, a regular basis, if you believe that this team's process is right, um, there's a lot to unpack there. Like, you got a lot of problems. You got a lot of problems. I, I would say that they probably go beyond baseball. You know, I, uh, you know, I again, come this on. Is just like, a, like two random trolls on the Internet. But uh, I, I sent out like, hey, the Twins are 23 games under 500 from 2001 through 2023. And, some of the responses back were, and then again, this is these are people that need to see sports dad, sports therapist Judd here. Yep. The responses back were, well, that's an arbitrary period. Why are you only including 2001 through 2023? Why don't we include 2019 and 20? It's like, I mean, you can you can include whatever you want. I feel like there's some significance in the most recent three seasons. You want to include 2006, 2000, 2010, like. I'm looking at the last three seasons, the most recent things to base my judgment off of. Yep. So, yeah, like, they did a great job building the 2019 and 20 teams, and then they missed their opportunity. And now it's time to keep retooling and go forward, and we're coming back down the other side of the mountain. I don't know why that's right. a controversial take. But, right. anyways, here's Judd's pie chart of blame for where we're sitting. Right okay. So, again, this is sort of an overall teams in first place, but they are now a game below 500. They basically can't score runs. So I'm going to start. So there's only four slices here because I felt that there was, there was, uh, there's culpability all over the place, but I don't know that that is the real problem here. I think it's, I think you got to go. The problem starts at the head. And so I'm just going four slices. Uh, 5% is going to Carlos Correa as sort of the poster child for the players. Okay. Okay. So that's so I'm picking because he is paid what thirty five thirty six million dollars a year, five percent Correa, um, you know defensively he's marvelous for the most part. Unfortunately, he's paid to also hit and has been a disappointment. And every time that I hear, well, he's all Getty Homer, it's on now. It's like okay, let's see. And then it's not. I mean, I could have picked Buxton too. Five percent just goes to a a group of players who have underachieved and at the plate have been feeble so yeah in Korea if you just want to look at like wins above replacement so we're almost halfway through the year here we're like eight games away from the halfway point so you can pretty much so his current wins above replacement is 0.7 war so let's say you double that and get to like he'd be a 1.5 war player if you take out the pandemic year of 2020 where you only they only played 58 games right this would be by more than double his worst wins above replacement season of his career dating back to 2015. So he, he is just to be clear on pace for his worst overall season as a major league baseball player. Yep. And the alarming lack of consistency of production at the plate has been, has been absolutely a problem that you can't just say, well, just wait till it gets hot. Well, I got news for you. It's 90 degrees now. It is hot and he's not. Okay. Let's get to the Weatherman 20, 25%. 25%. 
This is going to seem low, but bear with me, okay? 25% goes to Rocco Baldelli, who is the the man with the – he is the puppet. His bosses are the puppeteers. Um, Yes, he gets blame. Yes, I think he does make some decisions independently. No, I don't think it's probably a ton of, of things. And we need to get past the point of people like me, old school baseball fans, who are used to the GM hiring the manager and, you know, Terry Ryan. I don't make the lineup. Guardy does, right? And so there was, in that case, a fall guy. Because if things started to go wrong, the first place that you could look, the first place at the time, was Ron Gardenhire. Um, the reality is those days, I think across baseball, it's not just a twins thing. Those days are gone. GMs, front office executives, analytics departments have enormous says in things. Um, the twins will never divulge, nor will any team, what the what the split is, where does Rocco have autonomy if he yeah. does. But 25% goes to a guy who just, you know, 2000. 19, I was incredibly impressed. But since then, it's gone down. He never has answers. He speaks in circles. He says reassuring things like, we know the problem. And you know who knows what the problem is? Who, Rocco? The players know what the problem is. But what does that mean exactly? Because you continue to flounder. Yeah. Uh, like, you can see his frustration, but you never have an idea if that's addressed. But he always gives, he's like the... He's like the old school dad who tells you, I got this handled. And you're like, do you really? Don't question yeah. that. You know, come on. Were you worried that this was going to be like too low? I actually think it's probably too high because I don't think this isn't the 1990s, early 2000s, where a manager has full autonomy to do whatever he wants with lineups, right. with rest. Right. I mean, it used to be that the front office put together the grocery list and they put together the roster and then the line is drawn. And one, and and then like the front office might make a transaction against your will, but here are your twenty five or twenty six guys. Manager, do with it what you want. That's right. what the word manager means. That's right. not you're 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 not really that anymore in two thousand twenty five. So any like most of the gripes you would have about Rocco, probably trace further up the chain, up to front office or up to people that disseminate information on behalf of front office, right? Based on trends analytics. So um, I don't think Rocco is the most inspiring manager when it comes to getting the most out of your team. And I don't know, maybe he was a few years ago. Circumstances change, the room changes, yep. the the temperature changes. So I don't, I don't know why, but I, he just, he doesn't feel like the most inspiring figure to squeeze the most out of, a clubhouse to me, but that's mostly just like an anecdotal feeling I have having covered and watched baseball enough in my life. Right. But I think any of like the strategic things would also be shared blame with other people above him. Agreed. He has to take blame because of of his job. I think what's unclear now is exactly how much he deserves and they don't really tell us much. So it's hard. So I give him 25%. Two slices left. And again, I'm going to continue to work my way up here, okay? I'm working my way up to the head because this is where the problem is. The problem is not in the extremities. 30% goes to Derek Falvey. Derek Falvey, I mean, Phil, you've gone through it. You did a good job of going through the trades, I think, on Monday's show as well. But, you know, 
at every turn, it's looking more and more like he got the job because he knew what Cleveland did. And I'm getting to the person and people that get the most blame, but you know, he knew what Cleveland did. So let's hire him. It's funny because that's an age old sports thing. You know, you hire the guy who was an assistant coach on the Stanley cup team because he knew. And what you sort of learn after being around sports a long time is that might not matter. Like, unless you know, unless you know, he not only knows the secret sauce, but can implement it. Like we've seen a lot of guys get jobs. um, And in, in fact, before TK, Ray Miller got hired here, and that's the guy that TK replaced because he had been the pitching coach in Baltimore, and Baltimore had been successful, right? He knew what it was all about. He knew pitching. He was going to come in here. He was a lousy manager. Yeah. It's like, did, did you work at Google, or did you help build the algorithms? Right. Did you actually build the search engine? You know, did that? that's what's – sometimes you never know, too. You, you bring a guy in who's like third or fourth in line with a really smart development pitching organization, and you know you, you can hear from Francona, you can hear from Derek himself, and he can go take you through his beliefs and processes. But you know, when it comes down to actually being the leader of a massive organization, and really like you're running a what? What are the Twins worth? A couple billion dollars, like one point five two billion dollars in terms yeah. of valuation. Like it's a big. That's there's a huge difference from being a guy, a cog in the machine who's doing some work in one organization to being the guy that y- the buck stops here. You are the front man and the leader. And in some ways, I feel like, and he, by the way, he was in his like mid 30s when they hired him too, like early or mid 30s. So it was it's just, it was a lot to bite off. It hasn't lived up to the expectation. You know, I don't want to say we were promised anything, but like the selling point was, internal pitching development and um you know you talk about the pablo lopez thing and people debate like luis arise like well yeah you had to get pitching and whatever and i do think pablo lopez is going to turn it around at some point but you don't have to make that trade for a guy who's now hitting 400 on june 20th and it's the second straight year he's been one of the best hitters in baseball it's not a fluke if you develop pitching from within so the so like the deficiency then leads to a trade that's needed. And even if Arise isn't hitting 400, maybe he's just hitting 320 or 330 and leading the league in on-base percentage. You are like bottom eight in the league in on-base percentage. So it'd be nice if you could have pitching coming up and not have to deal an automatic, you know, two times on-base every night guy. But here we are. Well, and what's, what's really weird about the Twins too is, so 2019, they're the Bomba squad. They set, at that time, a major league record for home runs. Everybody and their brother now knows that that ball was juiced, and they haven't adjusted for that at all. It's it's almost like they're like, oh, no, we'll continue. It's no, you're not going to continue to hit the amount of home runs that you did back then because the baseball has changed. Like, think about the lack of adjustments here. There, There are teams that are actively making adjustments to suit the new rules. And the Twins are sort of like stuck in, no, our philosophy was home runs. You know, we don't really steal bases, but the bases are bigger, guys. But pitchers can only throw over twice, guys. Yeah. Well, we'll give Willie Castro the green light. Oh, oh, God, that's the answer. That's going to fix <laughs> you, everything. you got to quit dogging on our guy, Willie Castro. I like yeah. Willie Castro, but it's not, no. but but he's not the, but, but by telling me, oh, he's got the green light. That's not like this formulated strategy of your construction of teams. 
You say his name with such disdain. No, I like him. I like him. I, I'm sorry. I did not mean to. Willie Castro has done a very nice job. <laughs> All I'm saying is their comeback is always this. We've got this. Willie Castro has the green light. And, and Buxton record, does, if, you know, if he can run. It's like, okay, guys, thanks. The Twins do have the fewest stolen bases of any team in the American League and the most strikeouts of any team in baseball. So they're definitely still very much, hey, we're not going to try and swipe our way. to. You know who has the most stolen bases in the league by 20 steals? Can you take a guess? Uh, the Reds? Actually, they're number one in the National League, yes. The Tampa Bay Rays have oh, the most course. stolen bases. Because they're always adjusting. Yep. They also have always... the most they have the second or third most home runs too. So they're they're doing both of those things at a high mm-hmm. level. Uh mm-hmm. before we get to your final slice of pie, mm-hmm. let's exhale here, take a deep breath, and talk about our friends at EcoFun. EcoFunmotorsports.com. All sorts of fun toys for you and maybe even the kids. Youth ATVs and dirt bikes are in stock if you've got maybe a kid or a grandkid's birthday, or maybe you just want to treat yourself to something as an adult, you can get on one of these, let's see here, uh, 2022 Yama Tracer GT9 motorcycles in stock and $1,500 off. All sorts of fun things to get into, including scooters, if you want to up your scooter game this summer. Big scooter guy here who's got two thumbs and likes to scoot around. Oh, that's like scoot too. Love scooters. You scoot around in the uh, in the burbs now? No, have- the, the, the I've seen a few like recreational ones, probably the Black Car Funds at Eco Fun. Uh, so I, I see people scooting around the little paths because we're kind of like in a secluded little area by a school and with nice little walking paths. So I've seen the kids around with their scooters, which I'm sure are nice Eco Fun ones. Yeah, and if you can't, you know, if, if you're too far away from an Eco Fun deck, so you can maybe just swipe one from one of those little kids. Yep. Or you could go to Pick one of the like- two metro locations, Forest Lake off Interstate 35 or a Burnsville off 35W and Connie Road 42, Eco Fun Motorsports. Com. Also, a shout-out to our friends at Burnsville Heating and Air. Uh, they are hiring right now. So if you are looking for a full-time job in the seven-county metro area or western Wisconsin, even if you know nothing about HVAC systems, they will train you. They're looking for all levels of experience. If you're searching for a great summer job or maybe you're a recent college grad, go to their website, BurnsvilleHeating.com, and click Careers. BurnsvilleHeating.com and click careers. Maybe uh, the baseball season isn't going the way that you had hoped, and you're going to be updating your LinkedIn resume at some point. BurnsvilleHeating.com. Click careers. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Okay. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. All right. And the winner of the Pie Chart of Blame, Twins Pie Chart of Blame competition. The winner. The winner. Congratulations. Come on down, Polad family. Oh. 40%. Oh, wow. 40%. The biggest slice of pie goes to the family and i was giving this some thought and i mean there are many directions i could could go i actually think calling them cheap is one of the last ones because here's what i got for you all right so 36 years ago carl polad 
took a chance, and he knew he was t- taking a chance, and he had reservations about it, but he decided to take a chance on Andy McPhail as his GM. And Andy then decided that after Ray Miller got fired and Tom Kelly came in as manager to finish out the 86 season, that TK could handle that job. And Carl's like, that's two really young guys at the time in charge. Don't know if I like this. And so they brought in an advisor, longtime baseball guy, Ralph Houck, just to sort of help out in spring training in case there were questions or issues. And very quickly it became clear there weren't going to be. McPhail and Kelly had this. And 36 years ago, the Twins won the first of two World Series. Their second of the two came 32 years ago with McPhail and Kelly in charge. All right. Now, Carl Polad, his thought process in 87 had been correct, which is, okay, I'm going to empower these people, but we're going to sort of watch it. We're going to see what happens. It worked out perfectly. The family has taken that to mean whenever we hire someone to run baseball ops, we give them the keys and let them drive the car anywhere they want to go, including off a cliff. You think about this. Since 2000, so so this this philosophy, we could argue about the 90s because after 94, it certainly did not work out great. Mm -hmm. But eventually, Terry Ryan, and then starting with Kelly, but really transitioning to Gardenhire, had the keys to the car and did a hell of a job. Twins didn't win a lot of playoff games at the time, but the streak was not 18. And this team made several playoff appearances. And so it was going pretty damn well. They move into the new ballpark, win a division in 2010. And the Polar just are like, hey, nothing to see here. Let's go on vacation while these guys run the team. And starting in 2011 with Bill Smith and then Terry coming back and basically being told, okay, Terry, it's old days. They just went back to where things were. And since then, the Twins have shown, the Twins ownership has shown no interest in actually running the team with any hands-on approach. And we're seeing the same damn thing that we saw with with Terry Ryan when things started to go south, which is they're not going to make any significant alterations until it's too far gone again. How do you look at this right now, and Phil, to your point, the last three years, how do you look at this and not say, you know what, this is a big business. We got a great ballpark in which we pump a lot of cash into to make improvements. We yeah. want as many people as possible. We want to win. But Derek and Rocco and Thad, although I feel like Thad's purposely very wisely divorcing himself from this whole thing. I, I don't hear much from Thad these days, and I appreciate that. But the in, the lack of interest from the poll ads to actually check in on the product, which is the baseball team. I'm not talking about giveaways is astounding yeah i think it is kind of you, you mentioned like the cheap poll ads isn't the headline for how you would criticize them and i've kind of always said that too in fact there was a long time where i was accused of being a poll ad pocket protector on this show and going back even to like the early days of 1500 espn because people i think unrealistically wanted in a in a major league baseball structure where there's not a big national you know revenue pool being split like in the NFL those big multi-billion dollar TV deals Green Bay is getting the same cut as New York right correct me if I'm wrong here Buffalo nope, is getting the same right. cut as Los Angeles no, sure. and yep. in baseball 
the economics of baseball are so much more driven on a local level, your local TV deal, your ticket sales, your local merchandise or whatever. And there's some revenue sharing, but I've always found it just really just like a stupid argument that the, well, the cheap poll ads, they're worth billions of dollars. Every ownership group is worth billions of dollars. They're not, first of all, they don't just have like a billion dollars in liquid just sitting in a checking account (laughs) waiting to give to a free agent, you know. Why can't they just pay Shohei? Well, why can't any billionaire? All of these billionaire owners are operating within a business construct. And so I've always criticized the people that criticize the poll ads for what, well, they need to spend, go spend money like the Yankees do in the red. No, that's not, that's not realistic. I guess if you want to fight that fight and say they should go take a loss every year on this until they win a World Series, that's a philosophical battle that you guys, is, whatever. If, you, if you're a fan and you want to say they should eat $50 million to $100 million in operating losses outside of their business construct to win a championship, that would be amazing. And Mike Illich of the Tigers actually tried to do that one time like 10 years ago. With, was he a Little Caesars guy, Mike Illich? He, yes. Because yeah. he was he dying. Was guy. Yeah. yeah. They ate like fifty or sixty like, million in operating losses. He's like, I want to, I want to win a World Series before I die. Sound familiar? Um, so, but, but like to me, the biggest criticism has been a lack for a long time. It was a lack of curiosity during like the sort when things got stale after two thousand ten. It was like we're going to do the same things the same way, and, I, and that always drove me nuts. And the ownership group at the time, led by Jim Polad, was always just kind of hands off, like you said. Yeah, we, we're just, and they were always kind of behind in analytics and whatever, and. But then they got really curious six or seven years ago to the point where they let these stalwarts go, right? Terry, like they said goodbye to this old guard that, by the way, produced some pretty favorable results, winning divisions and 90-game seasons and stuff. And they got really curious, and they started hiring 30-some-year-old front office people and building out analytics staffs and tools, and they've actually pumped a ton of money into being curious. Yes. So that's the biggest change. But now that they've sort of hit this three-year lull again, they do have a really big decision to make as a family. Did we pick the right horses a few years ago? Should we just keep – I don't think they like conflict as a family. I think they would prefer to just, like, put good people in place that are nice and let's just have everyone – we can get lunch together and whatever and we can all be friends. But at the end of the day, I'm kind of moving off of – I was always off cheap poll ads. I have moved off – lack of curiosity poll ads because they've been more curious. And my new word is competitive. How competitive are they? Do they want to win a championship as an ownership group? I've always kind of felt like they've lacked that shark mentality that, you know, and like the Wolves kind of have it, but the Wolves also get really caught up in not wanting to be a train wreck. I think the Wolves are sharks and that they'll go and like make big moves and they're also doing it within a construct that you can't right. lose money. So a lot it's, of money. Yep. it's different. Yep. But I just, I guess I question to what extent do the poll ads want to actually win a world series? Cause the, this franchise seems right now nowhere close to that. They seemed kind of close in 2019, but then they like didn't go for the jugular in terms of trades. They landed Sergio Romo. They just, they wind up running in you know, unqualified pitchers out at Yankee Stadium. So, are they competitive enough to want to win a World Series? I don't know. I and we just talked about, like, and we just talked about a bunch of things though that now I guess Joe Polad should be asking questions about. When you've made so it feels like the Polads got curious, and they said, you know what, we'll spend, 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 
add these people. We'll put in these systems, a target field that will show the backspin of the backspin of the baseball. We'll do everything we possibly can. And then they said, we're going on vacation, kids. So here's the keys to the house and car. And they just, they're, they're not around. That's my thing is like, does anybody ever, just because you hire someone to run baseball ops, that doesn't necessarily make them a slam dunk to be baseball geniuses. Like you've got to follow up. You've got to know what's going on. And that's my question. Like the last three years, wouldn't you be saying, hmm, this isn't really all that acceptable. I'd like to know more about this. Like you're literally trading for injured players and trying to put out there, yeah, but team control. Yeah, it's... If, if I own a team, I'm not going, you can't tell me how it's all about team control. And here's the simplest question. When it comes to Derek Falvey, don't you want to know where the pitching is? Like, dude, why do you always have to go out and get pitching? And look, the Joe Ryan trade looks great now, but it almost feels like that might might have been to a certain point they stumbled upon one because of the lack of guys that he has developed. And how long did they try and go to the to the goodwill store of baseball and sign Homer Bailey and Rich Hill? So I yeah, just and, and to that point, like no one is saying that if you have a, if you're critical of the bulk of the moves that they've made trade wise, it doesn't mean that they're not going to land like a Sunny Gray or like right. you're. If you make fifteen trades, it, it's you, you should be judged on basically your batting average as a as a trader, huh? and it just it definitely feels like they have a not a zero batting average, but a lower batting average than than you need to build what you're trying to build here. So there it's it is. How you feel about five percent Carlos Correa, twenty five percent Rocco, thirty percent Derek Falvey, forty percent the poll ads for. Why the Twins are yet again below 500 here as we chunk away a third season in a row of just struggling to keep their head above the 500 water. Thank God for this division. The Rock knows how you really. You think so? They're still in first place. You think so? I curse it. I think if you finish below 500, they should take the next best team and leave the entire division out. I mean, I like the American League East is going to have teams that deserve to go. If you said, hey, you can win your division, that's great, we'll give you a banner, but you can't actually make the postseason unless you finish 500, I wouldn't be opposed to that line being. And we'll just take a team from the American League East in this case. Yeah, Uh, We do have a random Minnesota Athlete of the Week here, presented by our friends at Livia, helping a lot of Score North listeners lose weight over the past couple years. So frustration turns to jubilation when I get to talk about my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers, who helped me a couple years ago now. Drop about 40 pounds. And guess what? Here's the most important thing. They're not only going to help you uh, get fit, look good, get all those shorts and clothes to fit for summer, but their dietitians, nutritionists are going to help you keep that weight off. And as I've been saying for a long time now, that's the most important thing. A lot of you in the Score North family have given this program a try. We appreciate that. And I have seen so many responses from satisfied customers. And that's because Livia works. And if you join now, you're going to get eight weeks free. Imagine getting into July and you're already down 15 pounds for free. Eight weeks free. You're looking great. You're feeling great. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's only going to continue. 855-GO-LIVIA, livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com. And uh, make sure you tell them that Score North, that Sports Dad, whatever the show is, Purple Daily, told you to give them a try. It's time for the Random Minnesota Athlete of the Week Challenge. We're all three of us now through nine competitions here. This is uh, a new segment a couple months ago 
by popular demand off of our random Viking of the week. People said, can't you expand the franchise? Said, sure. Sure we can. Just need some. We need some budget. We need uh, some production. We... So uh, it's three to three to three. Judd three, Dex three, I have three. Losers out every week. Declan had a three-game winning streak snapped a couple weeks ago. Um, I now have a two-game winning streak, Fred Hoiberg and Matthew Lecroy. So it's Declan versus Ole Macadac with Judd giving the clues here, a random Minnesota athlete of the week. All right, we are going back to the Timberwolves well. And I should say we get up to three incorrect guesses and then we're eliminated. Okay. Yes, yes. And you, you can you can ask me to elaborate and I can certainly say no, which I'd probably be inclined to do in this case. All right. This former Timberwolf averaged 12.2 points over 17 seasons in the NBA. Wow. Can allow you to digest that? Can allow you to marinate on that one? All right. Okay. This former Timberwolf played in 79 games as a rookie. But he started only three. I'll take a guess. Okay. Jamal Crawford. That's a really good guess. That's a great guess, but it is ultimately incorrect. Oh, God, I was nervous there. Dax, that was a really good guess, dude. And I strung it out, too. Give me credit. Uh, I like. I strung that puppy out. Dex, this is, I, I want to like, fire off. Jamal man. Crawford, one of the best guests on, yeah, on our okay. show ever. He was awesome, yeah. We should get him on again because he's, he's doing some media stuff now. Um, I will say, like, this is a good strategy because if it if it was wild, Declan would have a, a distinct advantage, and I would try and ambush him early. Yep. And now that because I mean I'm putting together a top 100 Timberwolves of all time list, so some of these names are fresh. Declan is an underdog here, so yes, he the is. ambush strategy is a good strategy. He is, and I like. I it. might let him just like ambush himself out of well, this. Yeah. Three yeah, and that's guesses what ha- and done. That that's what took place Thursday, right? On Random Viking of the Week, didn't you? Yep. I won by default. Did you ambush Phil and? I didn't ambush him. I just didn't know who the hell it was. And Phil shot himself in the foot. So, yeah, I just... No, but Phil kept going is what I'm saying. I thought Lance... Well, I thought Lance Johnstone... It's my fault for not just doing a control F like during the process. I thought Lance Johnstone was off the board. But, hey, that's the game. That's the game. All right. This former Timberwolf is the youngest of six children. That's not great. He's got a chip on his shoulder then. Mm -hmm. He does. He was the 24th pick in his draft class. I have a guess, I think. I'm just trying to think. Okay, I was going to say, tell me if I should keep going, but I will definitely pause so that if you want to give it a shot, you you give it a Uh, shot. I don't know that this guy played that many years in the league, but I'm going to guess Sam Cassell. I don't don't think balls. Big big balls, wrong guess. I think he averaged more points than that. I thought that, too. Can I look up how many points Sam Cassell averaged just to see? That's on Declan. I'm not. If you want to. Dex, are you comfortable with that? I'm not found that, yeah. Okay. I think it was probably around 12. I think it's only fair to allow the competitors to be on a, what they consider to be a very even playing field. Hmm. Uh, 15. Dex was right. 15 points a game. All right. Let's continue. All right. No Google. Okay. This player played for three teams other than the Wolves. So the Wolves were one of four teams that he played for. No, I will not give you the other three 
Did this? Not yet. Can I ask no. a question uh, that you haven't uh, given court, a clue for? You can for. ask any question you want. Did this guy win an NBA championship? I'm going to decline to answer said question. Tayshawn Prince. Is that an official guess? Yes. Give yourself the buzzer. Oh, God. Oh, oh, I thought he had it. Oh, I thought he had it. Oh, now Dex is one away. I'm pretty good at that. I like like doing the questions. I might let Dex punch himself out here. Oh, who's in the catbird seat now? Two guesses for Declan. Incorrect. One for Phil. Got to protect the plate here. This former Timberwolf was a two-time NBA All-Star. I will say this. Neither of those came with the Timberwolves. Oh, God. I don't think this guy played 17 seasons, though. That's a long-ass time to be playing in the league. All right, how about this? Did he go to an NBA Finals? Not win it, but did he go? Uh, Yes. I'm going to shoot one more shot. Nope, no, I'm not. Not yet. Nope, not yet. Oh! Whoa, I feel like that's almost a block. It's the points. The points. The points. Like, is dude, you were off. stepping towards first base. I don't know you can come home now. Styles. I don't know you can ever recover I might from just, that. I might just let Declan take a shot here. I don't know. I, I don't know who it is yet. I don't know who it is. All right. This former Timberwolf went on to become a head coach and also an assistant coach. Chauncey Billups. Is that an official guess? Yes. That's it. That's it. That's it. You can give yourself the buzzer. Oh, what? Oh, it's over. It's over. All right. This I was wanna... actually a Macadex special. I, I should keep going, keep going a little keep bit. Keep going, to, yeah. Because I think, I think Phil has a chance on this one. Um, and I can talk out loud here. So coach. he spent time as a head coach or assistant coach with five teams. Well, so let me just talk it out loud. I mean, Sam Mitchell came to mind. He played a long time. Yep. Uh, I don't think he was an all-star ever, though. So no, no, it's not Sam Mitchell. Away. Nope, he was not. He was invited. Other guys who became head coaches. He was invited to the '84 Olympic trials, although he did not make. Oh, it. Okay, okay. okay. Right. I don't feel as bad so now. I was thinking you were maybe going old school on this. Yeah, I I was. Uh, the '84 Olympic trials. God, this is way back in the day. <sighs> okay, I don't feel as bad now. Do you want me to keep going? Yeah. He signed as a free agent with the Wolves in 1995. Uh, oh, Terry Porter. Terry Porter? Yeah. Correct. There it is. Wow. I love answering. The aggressive been... approach there. That's three in a row for old Macadac right there. Woo. It's called. Dex, would you, have, would you have had any shot no. at Terry Porter? Though? Nope. I don't feel as bad now. Would have not have never gotten Terry Porter. I mean, I know the name, but I, I would not have. Stood a chance to get that. Yeah, that's a good one. I was trying to figure out: Are you going like early two thousands? Are you going? But yes, seventeen First year Wolves career. Bla- Blazers, Wolves, Bucks head coach, right? Bucks or, head coach and Suns head coach. Yep. Old Terry Porter. All right. Old Macadac has taken a four to three to three lead in the random Minnesota athlete challenge here. Live by the sword, die by the sword is what <laughs> Macadac has done. It was a good approach by Declan. The ambush approach. Yeah. Just no, I liked it. If uh, you don't you don't think you can go five rounds, you know, in that octagon, you might as well try and do a super kick early on. And there were good guesses, too. Yep. So, all right, guesses. there it is. Some Twins Therapy, a random Minnesota athlete. I'm here for you. A little pie chart. 
Appreciate you hanging out with us here. Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd. We'll see you tomorrow.